is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast, your favorite Chelsea podcast. No Brandon Busby here. Maybe a birthday hangover. We don't know. Tweet at him. Find out. Maybe yeah. he'll give you an answer. But Nick Verlania is here, and Nick, we are excited to talk about something we typically don't talk about. That is right. Um, we have had a a pretty good time. At least some of us have had a good time playing fantasy Premier League over the last couple of years. I don't count myself in that bunch, but uh, but yeah, we're I think we're kind of getting more and more and more into fantasy Premier League. So we decided that instead of us just talking nonsense like we normally do, we'd bring on uh, a real pro. Dan, uh, someone who knows uh, his onions and is uh, is ready to to bestow upon us some wisdom. Well, yes, we would love to introduce you, the listener, at this moment to Josh from the Always Cheating podcast. It's at Hail Cheaters on Twitter. Um, you can find it in your podcast app. Just search for Always Cheating. They're wonderful people. They're part of our Blue Wire family and uh, just all around nice people to chat with anything about, as we learned in the preamble before we started recording. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, I am very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, talking uh, fantasy with other Americans, that is like a new, slightly new experience for me. Uh, normally, I'm on my little American fantasy island here. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm usually stranded uh, somewhere off the island, so <laughs> right. I'm hopeful to get back to shore <laughs> right, <fair laughs> this <enough>. year. <laughs> well, we're going to get through a couple of things here today. We're going to talk Fantasy Premier League with the expert himself, Josh, and get a little bit of an elevator pitch on why you should want to play Fantasy Premier League, because maybe you heard about it before and you don't know the reason why you should or what it even really is. We're going to look at Chelsea's team, talk about players, you know, in the existing squad that might represent some great value as you kind of look to build your team. Uh, and then we're going to actually go through our team. So Nick has a first draft of his team. I have a first draft of my team. We're going to get the expert assessment on how well our team is constructed. And then we're going to go through a rapid fire round of Q&A with some listener questions. But before we do that, we're going to get a quick bit of housekeeping done. Nick, do you want to run us through Patreon, Apple Podcasts and that little bit? of announcements. All right. Deep breath. And very quickly, uh, Patreon upgrades. Jay, you're the man. What's up? New subs of Justin and Logan. Welcome to the family. Hope you're enjoying the Discord. Uh, Apple Podcasts, we need you to submit five-star reviews. Stop making us ask. Just just do it, please, for the love of God. Uh, and then look, uh, I wish we could tell you that there weren't any more podcasts coming this week because that would uh, that would be really less work for us. But we have a shit ton of stuff happening now. So uh, look forward to the Tottenham uh, review after the game tomorrow, perhaps where the Champions League trophy will be paraded around in front of Spurs, which mm, chef's kiss. Uh, then perhaps he'll be interested in a Matt Law special, given all the transfer nonsense that's happening right now. I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. And then we get into season predictions, the Super Cup preview, and a whole bunch of stuff next week. And that's a problem for for future us to, to sort out. So look, a lot of content coming your way. Patreon, Apple Podcasts, get it done. Thank you. Right. So before we put your ear holes to work over the next week, take a moment and just settle in here because you might have heard the acronym FPL before, but you might not understand the allure of fantasy Premier League that doesn't involve Dungeons, dragons, bearded wizards dishing out wisdom <laughs> via pithy one-liners, heroic questions, wooden chests filled with riches, 
But we're going to talk about the concept of FPL, the reality of it, how it works, and we're going to let Josh give you the reasons why to play, even though it's missing all the good stuff from high fantasy. So even though it's missing all of those great things, Josh, why should we play it? And what what is Fantasy Premier League? All right. Well, I will I will just say as a preamble here that I I came into fantasy as a like kind of a skeptic. Uh, I was I had to get kind of pushed into it about ten years ago, um, and uh, I, I kind of a bad experience with NFL fantasy uh, when, I, when I was in college. I played it for a few years, and we had like a commissioner who just kind of drove everybody crazy. And uh, I was like, you know what? I just don't think fantasy is for me. I don't think I like it. Uh, and then uh, the fantasy game, uh, the fantasy Premier League game is. A different a lot of ways uh, from what uh, people may be uh, familiar with. I mean, for one thing, it's a lot of people, um, and I guess I'm, I'm thinking of Americans here, but maybe just people internationally. Um, it's it's not a draft style process, right? You don't get together on a you know a month before the season starts and and sort of pick players. It's more like golf, where you sort of just pick your team and your team can be very, you know, it's, it's like you're all playing the same course, right? You can, you can pick your team. You can have players that are very similar. Um, very rarely does it work out that you have exactly the same team as somebody else, because what ends up happening, especially over the course of 38 weeks, is you start to develop pretty strong opinions on certain people. I sort of fell in love with Leeds last year, for example, and I'll talk about them a little bit more. I, I'm kind of still in love with Leeds. I think I, I, I think it's actually that I'm in love with Marcelo Bielsa and anyone that he sort of touches, I'm sort of <laughs> by proxy in love with, but so you, you, you um, have a, a budget basically, and you um, you have to spend. You have up to 100 million is how they do it, and every player is priced at a different price, right? So you have, um, you know, the defenders are typically four, five, six million. Uh, some of the best players in the game are um, around 12, or you know, 10, 11, 12. Um, what may weird you out a little bit if you're new to fantasy too is that they. A lot of players are classified as midfielders who, if you're coming from outside <laughs> fantasy, you're like, what, like how, when, what universe is, you know, Raheem Sterling, a midfielder or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those, it's just the way that they, it just kind of the way the game is organized. There are five midfield spots. There's only three forward spots. And so um, there's a lot of balance that they put into it. And, um, you know, in, in some ways it's a little different too, because, um, you know, for an American style fantasy, you have a lot of different sites that you can go to, right? You could play on Yahoo or CBS or ESPN or whatever. Um, and this, the most popular version of this game is the one that's just done through the fantasy website, which um, in some ways is kind of nice because everyone is sort of playing the same way. You know, when you talk about player prices or whatever, we're all kind of reading from the same book and that makes it a little easier just to talk to people about it. And I think that's why, um, we, you know, one of the reasons I really got the, got kind of fell in love with, with the game was, um, there's a lot of people talking about it. There's, there's Reddit forums and places on Twitter and it just becomes kind of addictive to, to talk about it. If you have any kind of strategic background, you know, I love, uh, you know, I used to play online poker before that kind of became pseudo illegal here in the United States. And, you know, and I, I, I played chess when I was in college. And it's just like, you know, I just, I, it's always fun to have just some kind of game where you can kind of keep working at it and keep improving. And, and I, I think that the fantasy game, I think is really like that. And I, th I love that you get to pick your own players and that you don't, you're not kind of relying on the draft because, you know, it, in my experience in NFL fantasy, if you have a bad draft, you're just kind of stuck, you know, and right. your season can be kind of over, you know, four weeks in, you're like, okay, well, like, you know, whatever i've got x running back and they got injured in game week one and then i'm done i'm just done you know so um i really like that you can kind of keep mixing and matching um all season long and um i guess the one thing i will also add is that there within the um sort of official fantasy game there are different ways that you can play 
And I think that becomes very fun. You can join different leagues. So you can, you can be in like 10 different leagues with just the same team, or maybe you only have like one other friend that you can convince to do fantasy with you. You guys can play a head to head against each other where it's just the total points that you score each week. Um, and then you could do that over the course of an entire season or, or if, you know, if you listen to this podcast five weeks in, you get to start it in the following game week and just do it for the final 32 weeks. There's a lot of variability there. Um, it's also free. So, yeah, you can just try it out. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, you, you know, there's really no no harm done. So that's kind of my, my you know, that that's like the elevator pitch. And the other reason to do it is kind of the classic fantasy reason, which is, you know, just that, you know, for me, I mean, I just felt like I learned so much about all the various teams in the Premier League, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, West Brom, I, I, I knew so much about West Brom last year. I could tell you every player on that roster and I had opinions on like half of them. And like, it was, it was just because, uh, you know, just because I was, I was looking for value, right. I was looking for players to bring in and I was, I was watching all of these matches because there are often some kind of stake in them. So, um, Connor Gallagher, what up? How yeah, doing? exactly. Yeah. And now is he, yeah, where, where's he going? I heard some like, Where's he going? Palace. I was going to Palace. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a bunch of uh, I know there's a bunch of dudes kind of scattered. Uh, who's the guy? Billy Gilmore, right? He's at uh, Norwich this season. Norwich, right? yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you learn a lot about the league. It's I, I find it really fun. It, it keeps me and my friends really engaged all season long. Back when going to bars was a thing, it was great to go to the bar with people in our <laughs> Do you in our league. Bars? Do you remember Vaguely. Vague, yeah, I've got like a dim memory. Uh, and uh, there's a bar in, in Brooklyn where I live called the Black Horse. And we used to get together on Saturdays um, and, and watch matches. And um, and just there's a, just a little extra juice, I feel like, when you've got some fantasy in it. So, but, you know, for me, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I still, I just love watching the matches still. And so I haven't like totally given myself over to, to fantasy. I turned out to be that person yelling about my fantasy team in the corner, you know, like nobody, nobody likes to be around that guy. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my, my little elevator pitch for it. I just think it's fun. And, um, I think it keeps you engaged all season long. Nick, what has been your stumbling block? Because I think out of the three of us, actually maybe last season, we might've been Brandon, but since you're here, I would say maybe I'm the one who's been a more active participant of playing FPL over the years. You've been a little more getting your toes in, getting experience to it. What's been the hurdle? Um, laziness, I find, is a big hurdle in my life. <laughs> um, look, it's it's an interesting game, you know, especially when, you know, I think maybe Josh will agree with this, that, you know, 10 matches into the season, the cream starts to rise in, in your uh, own league table sure. a little bit. Yeah. And I think it just becomes harder and harder to find separation as most – players can have similar uh, team structures and players within their teams. And so finding that diamond, I'm, I'm not very good at finding the diamond in the rough uh, yeah. or I find the diamond in the rough three matches too late. And then they're bums for me for the next five weeks. So I, I think there is some, there's some strategy that I need to, to learn. I'm sure we'll talk about some of that today, but that's been my like big hurdle. There was a minute last season where I was beating Dan and I want that on the goddamn record that I was beating Dan in fantasy Premier League, and then I just absolutely got swallowed whole at the end of it. It was not good. It's called a scoreboard, Nick. It's all the yeah, best. I was up. I was up for a minute. <laughs> it was a, it was a lot of fun, uh, and then it wasn't very much fun. So yeah. So, kind of in that regard, Josh, how would you talk to people who maybe you know our listeners who haven't taken the plunge yet? Maybe they're FPL curious, but you know, yeah. we need to get them plugged in here. What would be the way that you would talk to or kind of ease them into participating? 
Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I guess I would go back to my own experience uh, when I started. It was, uh, I think there were eight of us and uh, I was working in uh, in book publishing in New York at the time. And so it was this little group of eight of us and we were all kind of um, coming into the, the, you know, the game at the same time. And so there wasn't like this kind of, you know, it wasn't like one of those situations where you they start playing tennis against somebody and you realize 10 seconds in that they're like, just way better than you. You know, we were all kind of like figuring out at the same time. And so we just got kind of competitive with with each other. You know, we threw a little money into the pot. I mean, it wasn't even that, you know, I didn't even know what it was that first year, 20 bucks or, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, that was just like a little extra juice. And then we were, we had a great uh, Google group that we were maintaining. And that was really part of the fun is um, just kind of going back and forth each week. Um, there's a, there's a free service out there that I recommend called mini league mate. Um, and, um, this is just like a free plug. We don't have like a partnership with them or anything, but they, uh, send out, um, you can, you can basically input your league into the site and they will input, um, or they'll, they'll send you each week, um, how everybody did. And they'll send you these little bar charts and whose captain did the best and, you know, which player was, ex- which team was expected to do the best based on bookies odds or whatever. And who was disappointed. And it's just, it's just a fun way to kind of start a conversation with your friends each week. And, I just think if if your mini leagues aren't fun, right, the little leagues that you create on the site, if those aren't fun, it's just really hard to keep it up. Uh, because if you're just doing it anonymously, I mean, you know, like you, you get to like December and you have these, um, you know, like, you know, festive fixtures, right? You've got like four or five what they call games. Those are hard, hard. They're hard. Yeah, it's hard to stick with it unless unless you really feel like you're kind of egging each other on a little bit. And so I think that's, um, I mean, realistically, you know, we're probably going to get something like 8 million players to to start this game this year. And maybe we end on 4 million who are actively playing, you know, I mean, you just, you're just going to lose like half the people. So I just recommend giving it a shot, you know, because it's just, it's free. And I mean, it literally does take like 30 seconds to, to whip, whip together a team. So, so your suggestion, and I'm, I think I'm hearing this correctly is talk more shit yeah. to your, to your league mates <laughs> to keep yeah. it interesting. It's the only way. Yeah, it really is the only way. God damn it, I love that. That's great. There's not been enough shit talking in our league, Dan. We need to we need our league to adopt the the violent nature that Josh's leagues have and just really go at it. Yeah. Well, there's not a, there's not yeah. a primal element to ours even though they are a part mm. of our Patreon group. So, we have a pretty active if you're not in it, we've got that active Discord hashtag FPL channel where people are strategizing. They're putting their tips and tricks out there. But, you know, they're holding a couple cards back because they don't want to let all the secrets out, right? They're not going to expose yeah. every little thing that they're going to do to try to one-up and end up winning this season. Yeah, we've given out kits in prior years as well. So, like, we'll probably try to come up with another cool gift this year for whoever mm-hmm. is the top of the head-to-head and then the you know traditional format one as well because we like incentivizing people to win well, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's free to join right and, and we just want to have fun with it so we're gonna throw in some some niceties to spice it up a little bit but yeah i mean it's no you literally have no risk yeah i mean that's that we do the same thing you know we throw in some some merch you know <laughs> for the patron leagues you know one thing that we did last year was actually started by one of our patrons was um, what they called last cheaters, you know, so our podcast is called always cheating and uh, last cheater standing was what they did. And it was, they had, you know, 25 people who started and it was just a knockout each week. The low, the low score for that week got knocked out, you know, and it just sort of went on the entire season and it became this like epic, everyone was so invested in it and just sort of followed. It's like, it's like, you know, like the suicide pool kind of thing, but it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, just, just knocking people off each week. And uh, so that was, so that was just another way where you can just like, again, you can just create a league like that, you know, very easily. 
And so, um, you know, maybe like the traditional way just doesn't work for some people because it's just too much of a pain to set your team each week. But if you're you know, competing against other people in a different fashion or something like that, that maybe works a little better. All right. So we're going to take a real quick break here and we're going to thank these sponsors for financially supporting the show. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Chelsea assets this season in FPL. We're going to have a little bit of a rating of our team so far, and then we're going to answer some listener questions, but we'll be right back. All right, so this is the one where you think we tend to feel like we're the experts on the Chelsea players when it comes to football. And, <laughs> you know, look, in every Premier League game this season, at minimum, Chelsea are going to field 11 players. And so that is something we can all count on. And they might even use all the substitutes. So maybe we see 14 players. But not every great Premier League player is actually a great FPL asset. So before we go through maybe who you'd be looking at from Chelsea or who you would consider like a no-go from Chelsea's squad, what are the criteria that you would use to define a good asset and a bad asset? Yeah, I mean, there's like a, the concept of uh, value, I guess, is really, um, you know, key. And, uh, you know, for for example, for Chelsea last year, they had they had one sort of famously good asset and one famously bad one. Uh the I guess we'll start with a good one, which was uh, was which was uh, Rudiger. Uh, he was uh, you know a terrific player. You know once he sort of established himself when when Tuchel joined, right? But you know prior to that, he was kind of just an anonymous. I think there was even talk that he was going to get loaned out. And I mean, you guys know better than me, but I feel like there was at least some loan talk, you know, and suddenly come February, he was uh, incredible, you know, like he was like playing, playing super well. Um, and because nobody owned him, he was, he was super cheap in fantasy, uh, you know? And so, and no one, it was kind of, you know, they kind of price players based on how well they expect them to start. Like someone like Trent Alexander Arnold, for example, is the most expensive defender in the game, unsurprisingly, right? Cause he scores and assists and they keep clean sheets, you know, someone, who they're not sure they're, they're going to play at all is typically pretty cheap. And so, um, so Rudiger was just this kind of guy sitting there who we all started to grab, uh, over the course of, of the, of the spring. Um, and so it's kind of, it's a mix of low ownership and low price. Um, I mean, you know, in some ways, I mean, it sort of depends. I mean, you know, there have been players for Chelsea who have been massively expensive. I mean, Eden Hazard, uh, being an example where he was one of the most expensive players in fantasy, but, yeah, he's consistently scoring, you know, double-digit goals and assists, right? And a three-year run of like 22 and 10. What I am just like pulling those numbers out, but something something like that, you know, it was just like really consistent, um, great returns. Seems like you guys sold at the right time uh, with him too. Uh, but, you know, so it, it's it's just about whether you're getting good value. And, and, and so the bad one last year was, was Timo Werner, right? Who, um, I mean, you listen, like he started for a Champions League, winning team. So I, you know, I don't want to like just totally trash him. And I did fantasy Bundesliga this season before that. And so I saw how good he was on RB Leipzig. And, um, so I was really excited. And so I had team of Werner going to the game week one. And, uh, and then I think, did he ultimately, I think he scored six goals last season. And I think it was on something like 14 XG. Uh, and so it was just like kind of like a famously underperforming season in the, in the premier league. And, for fantasy wise, it was just killing all of us. <laughs> he was just because he looked so good and he was winning penalties. You know, it was like all, he was doing all of these things that that in theory make you a great fantasy asset. But it was just like you. I mean, listen. I, and again, I don't want to sound like a Chelsea expert, but just like from my perspective, it seemed like he was like two in his head, um, just like trying a little too hard. You know, and it was just it was kind of and he was kind of expensive. I think he came started the last season at nine point five million or something like that. So, um, you know, you think about that, it's a tenth of your budget, right? If you start with ten million. So it's it's kind of and you have to fill 15 players total, including a bench. So a little tricky uh holding on to him. And so I think um 
Yeah, the other, like, the, I guess the third player is kind of right squarely in the middle is Mason Mount, who I, like, you know, the season before kind of had this, in fan, even in fantasy as well as I'm sure with, with you know, um, just in, in general was, uh, you know, Lampard's boy, you know, <laughs> and so we kind of didn't really know. Son, as I was son. Apparently a okay. Lampard's son, exactly. And so it was like, I mean, you know, good player. Was he good? Was he a good fantasy asset? Like, who knows? He had a couple moments, you know, um, that, that this two years ago, that first season. Uh, and then, then last year, it was like it just it was like a, it was like a revelation. You know, it was just fantastic. And so, um, so this year he's kind of right in that sweet spot, right? I think he I think he started the season at seven point five million, which is he did. I'm just confirming it on the, the website now. So you know, it's like a very fair price, right? That's like that's like a middle of the road forward prospect. And so, um, and even Rudiger isn't up that much. He's up to five point five million this season, which is a million more than he was last year. Uh, Rudiger is still a player I'm really strongly considering. The only thing that throws me off a little bit. Uh, is the Chelsea have a kind of a tricky run um, to start um, the season, um, which, you know, I mean, from like, I, I could see them winning those games, but from a fantasy perspective, it just makes me a little worried because, you know, you just don't know what the what the matches are going to look like, you know, if they might concede some goals in some of them. Um, the other thing is they have this, um, the Super Cup, and which is, I think, like three days before the season starts. And so, you know, just from, from my own edification, I mean, do you guys think that Tuchel's going to field a really strong team for, for that match? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. go out to win that one for sure. Yeah, and then they play Palace at home, like three days later, you know. And Palace are a team who are now dropped. yeah just just they've let everyone go and they've acquired yeah, like, everyone new. So yeah. <laughs> team chemistry is likely not going to be real high on Palace, right. but you know right. perhaps I'm wrong. No, I feel the same way. I mean, so it's like I so d- does he feel the same super strong side twice and four days or do they kind of mix things around? Obviously they have players coming back from Europe too. So it's just like, like, you know, the one thing I really like to do in fantasy is like, I'm willing to sacrifice a little value just for consistency. Like just to know that the players are actually going to start the matches. And, you know, Tuchel has made things a little tricky uh, just because he's, he, he just really is, I mean, it clearly works. Right. But he just like, really mixes and matches um, his, his squad. And um, from a fantasy perspective, that can make things a little stressful because you just don't know who's going to start each week. Well, uh, yeah, I think that gets back to the, the qualifications question that, that we have, right? When looking at a, at a fantasy Premier League player, obviously you want them to consistently start. That would, that would make a lot <laughs> right. of sense. Um, what else are you looking for, maybe at each position group, sure. um, that, that can help, a novice player such as myself or a slightly more advanced player such as Dan um, field a better team than perhaps I did last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, so a quick run through one is um, in general, uh, like, you know, I mean, going into this season, um, uh, Mendy is, uh, you know, like just too expensive. And I think in general you can get, almost as much value from a cheap, like a, like a promoted team goalkeeper as you can from a, from a, um, from a Premier League keeper. I mean, for one thing, even promoted teams are going to keep a handful of clean sheets. Uh, but they're also, um, usually they, they get pelt, like just pelted with so many shots that you end up getting a ton of goalkeeper save points as well. So mm. in the end, it's like, it's almost impossible, you know, I mean, the, you know, if, if Mendy concedes just one goal, he's going to end up probably in two points. Cause he's just not going to, you know, I mean, how many saves is he realistically going to make in a match? You know, I mean, you know, when the defense is as stout as it's been, you know, and so, uh, so in some ways, you're almost better off just get like, um, um, me- me- 
I just I can never quite get his name right. Melier, the uh, the leads keeper last season was fantastic because they conceded a lot of shots. They're wide open. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wide open, and their defense isn't quite as bad as you'd think. Like it always, it looks worse than it is, you know. And so he was a great. I think he ended up being the second highest scoring keeper in fantasy last year uh, after um, Andy Martinez, who was you know phenomenal for. For Villa, um, both in real life and, and in fantasy. So um, I, I typically go for a cheat. Right now, I've got Bachman, uh, the Watford keeper, um, as my um, uh, as my four point five million. My, my, that's my cheapest keeper in my squad. Um, defensively, I mean, again, it's it's a little bit of consistency and a, and a little bit of goal threat. Um, and you know, obviously, yeah, you, you want to have- you want to match those things, right? You want clean sheets, yep. but you also just want a smidgen of offensive output. Exactly. It's like Rudiger scored one goal last season and it's like, but could he, it seems like he's like, he's, he's like a, like a wiry fella. I feel like he could like, <laughs> feels like he should be able to score more uh, than he has so far. So um, he goes on th- some runs sometimes he goes on a couple of journeys and you're like, Oh, okay, yeah. that's, that's really far for a center back to be making his way up the he, pitch. He does seem like, like, like unusually fit for a center back. I have to say like, you compare him to like a Harry Maguire and they don't feel like, you know, they, they don't feel like they're in the same category. The sneaky one when healthy and when playing consistently is, is as Phil Equator who yeah, provides yeah. assists, provides a couple of goals, goals. here and there. Yeah. I, I, between him and Reese James, which one are you kind of favoring, assuming they both start? Yeah. Well, Aspilicueta would be the one. I mean, he's a little more expensive than, than Reese James. I think he's 0.5 million more. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just lo- I love his consistency. Um, and he's also, you know, I haven't talked about bonus points yet, but he's like a bonus points magnet. He's just one of those players who does so many good things on the pitch. That um, you know, just for anybody who doesn't know, you get for each match there are, there are one, two, and three bonus points that are awarded. Um, doesn't seem like much, but it actually ends up becoming pretty valuable over the course of I mean, you know, ten game weeks, uh, you know, uh, or 10, 10, 10 matches a game week. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I, I just I just trust Aspi. He's also like a more I mean, that was like the thing that always drove me crazy about about Lampard. I mean, I don't know if you guys felt this this way as well, but like, you know, just it was like the fact that he got sidelined a little bit under under Lampard just always struck me as crazy because it's just like it means like the most brilliant play. It's like he's just a wonderful as right back or center back. You know, he's just like he's so versatile. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I really I just like guess I just like guess Pulikot as a, as a player a lot in general too. Um, so I mean, the, the, James just worries me a little more because I mean, do you guys think he's going to start? Week in and week out. I mean, it feels like he might be he might be rotating a little bit. Someone I was go ahead. Dan, interested sorry. in was you know I I had Chilwell from I think game week one last season and carried yeah. him all the way through. Cool. And, well, he he came good. He came good. <laughs> he came and good. He but there was cheap. a and he started cheap and then his value increased over time, which is another yeah. thing that's a really good thing to consider because the more of the players you potentially take a bet on and their price increases, that if you you can get them out of your squad later and you have a higher squad value and you could right. potentially make some fun moves happen because now you have an extra two, three, four million in terms of cap oh, yeah. room essentially to play with. And uh but he's up an extra half million this year, and I'm like, ah, uh, 5.5 versus 50. I don't know if I want to make that move now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who works in finance, there's like a, there's like a great little, like kind of mini game you can play within, within the game where you can sort of play these, you know, you can pay attention to or ignore it. The, the, the price rises and, and price falls. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that is something to consider. Um, I, you know, with Chelsea, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, you know, if I just, 
I'm curious uh, if I look at teams selected by, I mean, the most selected player right now for Chelsea is Mason Mount. Um, 20% of the people who've signed up for the game so far have, have picked him. There's um, getting close to 3 million people who've signed up um, ahead of the new season. So a pretty sizable percentage of, of people have picked him. Um, but when you look at the midfielder or at the, at the defenders, 13 for Chilwell, uh, 9 for James. Aspilicueta is actually fourth at 3%. That seems a little low to me. Um, yeah, I mean, Chilwell, no no worries anymore about him rotating with Marcus Alonso. I mean, that was the one concern for me a little bit last season. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's hard. They they play so many games. Chelsea's going to you know potentially play up to 60 games this year with Champions League, FA Cup, all yeah. of the Club World Cup, you know, the Super Cup. It's... This is going to be a packed season. We were talking about this on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago that Tuchel is going to need squad depth, depth, which means that you know your options as a Chelsea fan are basically Mason Mount and mm, I don't know who else. You know, maybe Dave. Yeah, as as like an Iron Man type. Yeah, that that, may, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it reminds me of um, Phil Foden last year. Where I was talking about like why doesn't Pep play Foden more? And then you look and they just played in so many different matches that it was like he played like forty two matches last season. You just would never know it, you know, because I don't know. It just it just they just played so many times uh, in the course of a season. So um, yeah, and so you know, it's so the defenders. I mean, you know, so obviously like a little bit of goal threat. I mean, there's that's why people like Lewis Dunk, you know, on Brighton are just like unusually popular because he just has like a knack for finding out. You know, it's like I mean, obviously, um, I mean, you know, I. I've been playing long enough that, um, you know, John Terry was an amazing fantasy asset when I was playing. I mean, nobody, I mean, I, I don't know if he ever actually got double digit goals in the premier league in a season, but it feels like he got close. So he had eight or nine one year, I think. Um, and then the, the midfield is, you know, the midfield is a, is a trickier one. I mean, um, you can sort of play it two different ways. Um, you can go with the cheaper players, um, save your money for the forwards and try to get, you know, assists and, and bonus points and things like that. Um, that's where Mason Mount could be, could be valuable. Um, the, it's tricky with Chelsea. I mean, you know, because, uh, you have Kai Havertz who a lot, he's becoming very popular, kind of on, on fantasy Twitter, uh, which is where Ooh. I offer them a lot of, I know, I know. I'm sure it's like Chelsea Twitter. You know, you got your, your, no. your good and I'm bad. Sure it's, I'm sure it's far <laughs> more positive than Chelsea Twitter. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, it's, 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 your, it's, your, it's, the, it's the internet, right? So it's your, it's your typical Motley crew of people. Um, but he's, he's become pretty popular too. Um, I mean, the, the news, you know, today that I was, that I was tracking was, was this Romelu Lukaku stuff. I mean, you guys probably are even more plugged in on that. I, I mean, I've just seen some tweets, but it looks like that may actually happen. Maybe we don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, no comment uh, no officially, comment. but yeah. unofficially, yeah. holy shit, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Nick just yeah, uh, broke uh, Chelsea Twitter when they started listening to this portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and you have FPL Twitter yeah. now, who knows? Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, so you have a. Uh, so we'll see what happens with you know if he doesn't join, or we'll see what happens with him. But I mean, Havertz could, in, in theory, play as play as a false nine, and so that's that's really the dream. And mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds very nerdy to say that, but it's very, kind of the dream in fantasy, which is to get the midfielder who plays as a forward, right? The out of position player, uh, because you just don't expect a midfielder to you know obviously a forward's going to have more goal opportunities or even just get assists, right? Um, and so um, that's that's always Chicho Valley. But this that, this happened a little bit last season. Um, we had it with a defender getting pushed forward. This player Stuart Dallas uh, for mm-hmm. the Leeds, a left back who suddenly became a number ten, right? And it was it was crazy because he would still get the clean sheet points if they kept one, but he was also this kind of talismanic. Yeah, you know, sort of scored a brace away to man city you know it was incredible so 
Um, you know, so player, anytime you can get a player who plays out of position, that's, that's really valuable. Um, and, and fantasy. And then with the forwards, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, I like to mix and match my forwards a lot. I, I typically spend a lot of my transfers moving them around, just trying to find good fixtures because, you know, a player like Ian Nacho, Ollie Watkins, like they're not necessarily players you want the entire season, but they can certainly uh, Callum Wilson, right? Like you give them like a four week window and they're amazing. And so that, that's like sort of, you know, you were talking before Nick about the, like, find the, like find the edge or whatever, you know, I feel like moving your forwards around is really the edge because a lot of people hold on a little too long um, when they're kind of, when they lose their form and you, I mean, you guys know how forwards are. It's like, they're, they're it's just so confident dependent, you know, confidence dependent. So, so that's one of the, the sneaky tips is obviously looking at the fixtures and trying to find favorable matchups. Obviously you can't predict the future, but you can do your best to assess where your striker is going to play a bottom three team and hopefully mix that in. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the little mechanisms and, and buttons that you can press to maybe give yourself some relief if you've selected a terrible team? I don't know who would, <laughs> yeah. who would have done that in the past. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, yo, yeah. I mean, I end up doing this like early every season as well. Uh, I, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think I had to wildcard in like game week. So there's a thing called a wildcard, but basically twice a year, one, one time in the first half of the season, one time in the second half, you can basically reset your entire squad, take the entire team and just, uh, and just wipe it out. Um, and it's actually fine. Um, I, I finished, uh, for like in the top 4,000 last year out of, you know, 8 million players. And I, I wildcarded three weeks in because my team was such a mess. So like, it really, it, like, it's not, some people, it's like a mark of pride. Like, I don't want to mess with my team, but sometimes you just have to, you know, it's just time to reset. Um, so you have, you have the wild card. You also have these things that they call, um, chips. It's like a very British term, I feel like, but you basically, uh, they're these like things that you can deploy, uh, one time for each of them. And basically, uh, you can, um, there's a thing called triple captain or ba- I, I, I don't want to get too in the weeds here. So if, like, stop oh, no. me if I am, no, okay. That's good. Okay. So the triple captain where you can, um, you, 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 each week you pick a captain and that player gets double points. This is just true. Like the entire season long. Um, typically you want to pick a forward or someone like most Salah, uh, who's classified as a midfielder in fantasy. Um, and, and captain them, uh, and you know, just like that, that like it's very reliable enough to mix it up too much. And then one time a season, you can get triple returns from that player. And so far part of the, the, strategy of fantasy um the way this game is set up is you've got to like really pick the right week and sort of try to work it out there's this thing called um double game weeks and that, that happens a lot in the second half of the season where you have because of the fa cup or the you know the league championship i mean the league the league cup final um champions league commitments things like that matches get you know postponed and, and thrown into midweek um and for those those just count as double you just get like all the points for those two matches when they get played. Um, and so that often is a time when you want to deploy those. There's a thing called the bench boost where um, all of your starters and all your bench players can play as well. Um, it's kind of, it all sounds kind of complicated when I, I feel like when I'm talking on the podcast, but when you see it laid out, it's, I think it's pretty easy and you just, you just basically hit the button and then you get the double points or, or whatever for that, for that game week. So you, you have to strategically deploy those tools, right? <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's part of the, part of the part of the tricky. I I really try to wait at least until the second, like at least until January to use them, because uh, I I don't really trust myself. I guess I don't trust the teams enough, right? I mean, especially early on, you get these like crazy, you know, Villa beating Liverpool seven two, right? It's like you just hard hard things to predict, um, you know, before they happen. <laughs> well, so 
Nick and I have our first passes of teams. Oh, boy. Here we so go. So <laughs> you can go in mine, you can go in Nick's, you can dealer's choice it, but we'd love to get some initial opinions okay. on the squads that we've put together. So who do you want to go through okay. first? We'll read through the team, and then you can do your okay. your fantasy guru analysis. Now, I, I like already, Dan, that you've... you've so uh, Lievermento, is that is that how you say his name? I, I yes. probably butchering that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so is he going to start for South... I saw this. They had this crazy team reveal yesterday. So, so here's here's, here's my preamble. So uh, I have uh, Sanchez and Foster in goal, Lievermento, White, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kufal, Manquilo in defense, Mount, Buendia, Sala, Fernandez, Gilmore in midfield, and then Bamford, Calvert-Lewin, and Watkins in a forward position. My thought with Lieberminto is I just got down to a point where I needed sure. 4.0 defenders, and I'm going to roll the dice on what looks like Chelsea player Cast-Off Island, I guess, would be the name for my team, because you have Gilmore, Lieberminto, Bamford, and then also you have Mount there, too. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I actually think I, I kind of like it. I mean, you know, the the worry, I guess, is that you've got in Mankio and in Livermento two two defenders who um, who may not start. Um, yeah. I mean, Mankio, I don't know. Like, we'll see. But it's, it's risky, you know. Um, ben White, I mean, Arsenal have a couple of tricky matches early on. And so you could be in a position where you're just kind of stuck starting him um kind of no matter what um and that that could be a problem i i really like sufal i think that he um especially because mm-hmm. he's, he's such a great attacking um you know right back to uh i mean Trent alexander arnold like great you know <laughs> uh and i think the midfield looks good i mean buendia um i think will be hugely valuable if um Grealish leaves which we yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, how could that not happen, right? I mean, just, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if Villa can turn on a hundred million pounds, right? It's just, you know, so, so, and then you know, Gilmore Mount. I mean, I actually have Gilmore in my squad as well. I, I may move it to uh, Brownhill, this Burnley uh, midfield. I'm like, you know, the four point five million. You know, that, that's kind of the, your final midfielder is. Um, isn't you know hugely important anyway, so it's kind of fun to take a little risk there. Uh, I like the front line. I think the Bamford's a little underrated. Uh, Calvert Lewin, I'm a little worried about um, just because you know came back late from uh, from the Euros. I didn't know he didn't play a lot, um, and the the you know the I mean just it's a mess uh, up front right now for Everton um, just because they have. Richarlison playing in the uh, Olympics and um, and then their Icelandic midfielder uh, may never play another match again, you know? So, (laughs) so there, and then it actually, it sounds like um, uh, James may move as well. It sounds like he's being offered to some different clubs now. So I just worry about whether Calvert-Lewin is going to get enough scoring opportunities, you know? Um, you know, and so that would be my my concern there. I love Ellie Watkins. Um, I he's cheap. They have a great start to the season. He's a fun player to root for. You know, it's mm-hmm. always yep. it's always fun to have a player on your team that you just like to root for. Uh, and so I may downgrade Calvert Lewin if I were you to a seven point five, maybe someone like Antonio, a seven point five million forward, and then and then maybe you could take one of those four million defenders and make him a four point five million starter. Mm. That would be a simple um, piece of advice there. Um, all right, Nick, I'm going, I'm going to your team right. now. So let me, let me tee up my squad. <laughs> I, I've made some mistakes like Dan, but I've avoided some others. So my, my goalkeepers, I put my lineup in here. I have Sanchez from Brighton, who was pretty cheap. And then Martinez, uh, from, from Villa, who was fantastic last year. And I think probably the, the best keeper in the league, yeah. not named Edwin Mendy. Then my defenders, 
Uh, I've, I've Stones, James, and McGuire in there, uh, which is a, a kind of balance of defensive attacking with Duffy on the bench as a four point million or four point zero million uh, signing because you know Brighton didn't concede a lot of goals last year. They were they were pretty stout, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, and then Max Aaron's from Norwich, who's coming back up, who yeah. likes to get forward a little mm. bit. Um, I like then him too. my midfield is human son, not knowing uh, if Kane's coming back will likely be the goal threat for Spurs. Havertz, Mount, uh, Bakayo Saka from Arsenal and Buendia as, as Dan had. And then my front three of Iannaccio, who I have on my bench right now, Watkins and Calvert-Lewin. Um, that's that's kind of rounding out my team. So, all right, have at it. All right. First question. I mean, do you, uh, do you not like Liverpool? Are you, (laughs) is there like a, (laughs) on on principle or what? (laughs) Well, I mean, they have a great start to the season. And so I I think that, um, they're like the only team that's actually like pretty cohesive, right? Because they didn't have anybody go practically nobody outside of, um, Firmino, you know, did anything this summer. And so they've been training in the Austrian Mm. forest or whatever, you know, the last like few, few weeks. And, you know, even if you didn't want to like totally like break your team and, and restart it, I think that you could consider, um, uh, Diogo Jota because he's mm. really he's really cheap. I think he's seven point five million, which you know is right in that kind of middle tier for for midfielders. And um, I would maybe consider him over someone like Saka uh, just because okay. I think um, he's uh, a little more likely to be a consistent you know provider of fantasy points. Um, and do, do you think do you think he's going to start enough though with Mane? assuming Mane is yeah. back like that that was only, that was my only consideration with that one because yeah. I saw him at 7.5 and I, I thought why like yeah I think he's, he's actually a little undervalued um and you know if you wanted to go even more consistent I mean the player that I have just like as like a stone cold lock in my team is uh, Rafinha who is uh, priced at Ooh. 6.6.5 million I think it's exactly the same price as Saka and I think he's really undervalued he started Again, I mean, this is like a recurring theme for me, which is just like I'm very pro leads. But he uh, he got a late start under Bielsa. You know, Bielsa ball, like everybody takes like two months before you like they earn a start or whatever. And uh, and then he got injured a little bit down the season. So his numbers were really solid. You know, I think it was like 11 goals and eight assists like that. But I think they would have been even better if he had actually played a full season. And so I think he's really undervalued. Uh, and Leeds, they play away to Man United in the first match. But after that, they've got a really good start. And so I, I'm i just I'm just going with – I'm just rolling with him right from the start uh, this season. And uh, so that would be one, maybe over Saka. Um, and I like the son. I actually have son on my team right now too. Um, I think that he's a little underrated. I do have most Salah. And one of the reasons I've got Salah is just because um, he's the easiest player to captain. You know, you can just – like he's going to – like the guy is like a a goal obsessive, you know, to like this, to a, you know, like a, like a disturbing degree. Like he and Monty fight about it, right. About who passes to each other enough. And so I like having him because you can just, when you don't know who to have captain, just captain him. And it's probably not going to work out too bad for you. And so that's, yeah. So the trick I have with my team is I still have 3 million in the bank. So I can still, I can still do some damage here. I can, I might switch some stuff around and try and get, one of those uh, scousers in my in my squad. Mm. Yeah, if you wanted to, you know, go from if you, you know, even if you wanted to keep like a Chelsea player in mount, if you want, you could go Havertz to uh, to like Sadio Mane. He's a little cheaper than Salah, you know. If you want to be a little different too, mm. um, I think Sadio Mane is a little under the under undervalued uh, going into the season because 
he's kind of expensive too, but he's not well, Mo Salah, you know. He was so. he was terrible last year. I mean, he like, was he was terrible, really he, bad last year. So. I've seen these I've seen these pictures in the Austrian forest, though. He looks very uh, very fit, you know. So advanced <laughs> scouting in the Austrian forest, you don't get that on any yeah. other podcast, damn it. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking through the peeking through the uh, the hedges or whatever. Uh, but and the only other thing I would say is um, I I might consider uh, Luke Shaw over Harry Maguire. Uh, mm. Just because um, he, uh, you know, he's, I don't know, I just think like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to cross in, especially with uh, with Sancho there too. It's just a lot of bodies in the box. Mm. And so I think he might pick up some extra, um, uh, you know, assistance this season. And he's, I think it's the same price as McGuire. Yeah, I, I like McGuire on set pieces, which is the reason I picked him. But I obviously understand where you're coming from. Shaw's in a pretty good run of form right now. Yeah, I mean McGuire. Like, I mean, I feel like McGuire should have had like double the goals he had last season. Like he hit the crossbar like four times or something. So, yeah. So that that'd be my that'd be my that's my little like assessment. I like the I like the Buendia pick too. Um, I'm really looking at him for my my squad as well. Well, uh, now that we both have the benefit of extra knowledge over our friend Brandon Busby, I Thank think God. if either of us comes in behind him this season. Uh, we have only ourselves and poor management to blame because we have been set up for success, uh, well, at least from the first game week. We have to hear the Masters team. What is your team? Can you, can yeah. you give us a little sneak preview? Yeah, it's not it's not final yet. Um, so let's see. I've got. When will you I, lock it? When will you yeah. lock your team? When? Because uh, there are some people. It's yeah. like the minute up to the minute, and there are other people like there's a cutoff yeah. date. And I'm going to stop looking at it. Where are you at on that spectrum? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the deadline is 90 minutes before the the first match, which is Brentford host Arsenal Friday Friday night. Um, so I think, uh, like, it'll be, like, a minute before. I mean, I have, like, a good sense. I'm, I've been moving players around a little bit. It kind of depends on, like, it honestly depends on whether I keep Bruno. And if I if I start with Bruno, he's very expensive. It forces me to make a lot of other sacrifices. If I don't, I can have... I can have Sun, you know, I can have sort of all these other players that are just a little bit cheaper. So right now, uh, and this is like a real like sneak peek because I haven't even done this on our podcast oh. yet, but I've got, but but it's unsettled. So it may change by Sunday. Uh, I've got, I've got Bachman and Gulp. He's the, uh, the Watford keeper took over Ben Foster, um, like in December of last year. He did really well under, under Zizko, the new, um, Watford manager. Uh, I've got Fafana, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson. Uh, so I've got, uh, basically two Liverpool defenders and then, uh, Fafana, who I think is really, um, underpriced at 4.5 million. He's a, you know, really talented young defender who Brent Rodgers really likes, uh, on Leicester. And, um, I, he's another player, another, another one of the center backs I feel like could have scored more goals last season and just kind of hit the crossbar a couple too many times. Uh, I've got five across the mid, so I've got a three, five, two, I've got Rafinha, I've got Mason Greenwood, Mo Salah, uh, Sun, and um, Brownhill, uh, Josh Brownhill, the uh, who's like I think he like scored a goal for Burnley <laughs> last week or something. It's on a on a whim I added to my squad, uh, and then I've got uh, Ollie Watkins and uh, and um, Ivan Tony as my as my two forwards right now. Mm. Um, Ivan Tony scored like thirty one goals in the championship last season. They're playing at home Friday night. It's their first first division match since nineteen forty seven. Like it just feels like. An magic. opportunity there. I could, yeah, it feels like magic. Yeah, and Arsenal, like they're sort of bringing in some new defenders. Like I could sort of see him doing something there. And again, I'm not, I don't get married to my um, 
to my forwards too much, you know? And so I, uh, so I, you know, I might only have him for like two weeks and then, and then swap him out. Uh, and then I've got Antonio as my, as my third forward. Um, and then, uh, who else am I missing? And then I've got Veltman, Joel Veltman from, uh, Brighton <laughs> on my bench and, uh, Oma Bada Medelli. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He is a Norwich uh, defender who's got some minutes this season, but now he may actually turn into Brandon Williams because Brandon Williams is about the main United um, backup left back is uh, about to sign with Norwich. So he may be a player that I now consider for that four million slot. So mm. that's where I am. Uh, I'm still, I'm still, you know, mixing things up, but um, I'd say Sala for sure. Uh, Rafinha and one of Trent and Robertson. Those, those three will definitely be in the squad. Well, so let's get to some rapid fire questions because there's actually one that talks to this and and a host of others. But we had Jay ask, who are the surest mainstay players, which I think you've partially answered in how you talked about your team, the players that they'll auto buy and keep no matter what. Um, So I know that we've got a few you just mentioned. Are there any others that you think is just like if you buy that player, they stay in your team, they don't leave because you're just going to want to set and forget a couple? Yeah, it's. Probably only Mo Salah, to be honest. Um, I, I really don't. Um, I, I try not to get to it. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, I used to put in that category. And then he was kind of awful the first, like, 20 weeks of last season. Uh, and I and I finally dropped him. And he was, like, my, like, set-forget defender for, for years, for, like, multiple seasons. Um, and, uh, I mean, I guess that was only a couple years ago. And he really, you know, he's, he's 22 now. But, uh, you know, his first, like, full season in the league, he was just, like, the most reliable defender you could have in fantasy. So I would say it really begins and ends with most Salah and everybody else on the table um, and could get moved around. So then we had uh, FPL uh, Benderic, uh, Neric with the <laughs> – I guess this must be a question that results from something from your podcast because this is not a question we've ever been mm. asked from our listeners. But mm-hmm. who would win in a fight – a 100 lion-sized ants or one ant-sized lion? I have to say, this is this is new to me. I this is not, <laughs> I, I saw this and I was like, I don't even know. I guess a an ant-sized. Are they fighting each? Okay, so they're fighting each other. It's not like it's not like you're fighting like a horse-sized duck or a you know 100 duck-sized horses or whatever. Um, I think um, I think you got to go with the 100 lion-sized ants in this case. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was a slam dunk question. I don't think it was that difficult <laughs> at all and the premise is terrible. <laughs> uh so we had one from Eric who asked, uh can we still call Arsenal a top 6 club? Yeah, well this I am an Arsenal supporter so this is this one he, he hit me right uh, right in the <laughs> the stomach with this one. Uh I mean, you have to say no, right? I mean, you know, even before they're they're Chelsea friendly on Sunday. But I mean, I just when were we last in the top six? It's been like three years. I mean, uh, it's depressing. Uh, I actually, I, I'm a fan of Arteta. He won us an FA Cup already. Like he needs his players to attack more. I don't know. They need to. They need to. I, I mean, I actually hope, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I'm actually hoping they bring in Tammy Abraham, who I've heard is maybe on the market. So. I don't know if they would trade with a London club or not, but um, he, I think he'd actually fit in pretty well at Arsenal. Well, you don't mind selling to London-based clubs. You know, we, we gave you guys check. It worked out really well for us. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we gave you coal, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> trades. All about fair trades. We, we love doing that. Yeah, you guys broke up with fourth a couple of years ago, and then you just really never want to stay back in the top anymore. It's brutal. I can't even be, like, defensive right now because it's just like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, let, let's let's give it another year. Let's see what happens. I like what they're doing right now. I'll say that much. I like uh, uh, Emile Smith-Rowe. There's, there's some young players who I, who I actually enjoy, you know, rooting for. 
So you're you're a 50 million pound Ben White fan? <clears throat> I don't know. Center backs are like they're always too expensive, right? It's like it's crazy. Like I, I even it's like every time there's like a center back signing, you're like, this is way too much money. Like I can't believe this. And but then like there's there's so like if they're good, it's great. Like you know Diaz like basically won the premier league for for man city last year so i don't know ben white is weird though because i feel like he has no personality <laughs> i feel like i've never heard him talk or anything like i've never like heard him like actually like say a sentence out i don't know i don't know if you guys have stronger opinions on ben white than i do but i don't know like let's he was very steady for brighton last year so i'm hoping he looked sharp in the game he had those two goal line clearances and yeah. that's exactly what you want someone to walk into the side and look like they belong Got some good tats. I don't know. Like he seems, he seems like ah the tats. <laughs> you always have the tats. Damn it. Um, look, uh, we we have a question for Bill of Rights. Uh, this is probably one that everyone needs to know. Your top bargain players, maybe your top three bargain players. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be. I'll repeat myself a little bit just because they're, they're in my squad. But I, I think. Um, uh, or I think Rafinha is a great bargain at 6.5 million. I think he's going to really outperform that. He's going to perform more like a top level midfielder of the season. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Wes, Wesley Fafana is uh, really underrated for, for um, Leicester, who I think are um, a pretty settled squad. And I really like having defenders from settled squads. Just you, you kind of think like you know where you're going to get. Um, and then um, and then I'll go with Ivan Tony, who, um, again, is cheap, uh, won the Golden Boot in the championship last season. Uh, and I'm just really excited to see what Brentford can do um, in the uh, in the Premier League. So we had Techie Tiger with the any tips on when to use the triple captain midseason or when things are going to shit. <laughs> yeah, never desperation in triple captain. I think that's that's like unless you're just like I'm gonna quit if I don't get more points. I I, I would try to hold off. Uh, I would try to hold off until those game weeks when teams play twice. I think that's really um, that's that's my strong strong advice because I think uh, um, I mean it, it's not, it's just like a matter of like hedging your bets a little bit, right? I mean you know if you, if you know if someone's gonna play twice in a week, there's just a much better chance they're gonna get some kind of attacking return, you know, out of those two matches. And then uh, we have Big Nash with the data-driven approach to FPL or heart-based approach, which is better. You know, I consistently, I mean, not to like, I mean, you know, whatever. I, I, I've had, you know, some really strong seasons the last few years, and I feel like I still kind of use a heart-based approach. I, I I think doing the data-driven approach is is a really valid way to do it, and most of the top FPL managers do it that way. Um, and I, I'm, I'm like stat friendly, but it's just not, um, I mean, I, I'm the kind of, I'll rearrange my teams so that I have a player plays on Monday, you know, just cause I like having a little extra like juice, you know, on a Monday match. Um, so, you know, I think that you have to like keep at least some heart. I mean, you, you don't want to be like total, like you, I, like the line we've used in the podcast before is like, you want to be like a little maverick. You just don't want to go the full maverick. You know, you go too far. It just doesn't really work. I mean, you have to you have to kind of bite the bullet and have a couple of these really popular players um, just because they're so consistent. All right. Last question. And we'll we'll let you leave uh, from your man, shoe, <laughs> which is good. I like that. Um, what type of midfielder is best? For example, is it worth picking up someone like Mason Mount or someone like Kai Havertz? This is a decision I'm, I'm have uh, both um, that I might be changing. Mount has the minutes edge, but Havertz is expected to be more involved in goal scoring opportunities compared to Mount. Midfield is tricky for me. Uh, is that the trickiest position? And what would you do here? Yeah, I mean, it's it is tricky, especially with those two, right? Because um, I mean, Havertz is like a, a bit of a question mark. I mean, I, I 
think I was saying to you guys, I think I don't know if it was before the pod or during the pod, but um, you know, I, I did fantasy Bundesliga, um, you know, last summer and, you know, when he was at Bayer Leverkusen, he was awesome, you know, was playing in that false nine role. And I think I got a, you know, brace from him uh, in one match and, you know, it was just, he was really impressive. It seemed like he had a, you know, real goal scoring knack. And so, um, but, you know, just kind of up down season last year for, for, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you guys would define us up and down or growing pains or whatever, but I certainly wasn't like at his tip top, you know, best at the start of last season. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would give the edge to Havertz because I just think he's going to play a little further forward. Um, and he's, I think it's only 1 million more than, than Mount. So it feels like, uh, yeah, I, I actually think that's a really tough question to answer. Uh, I, I think that maybe Mount actually is the slightly safer pick. It, it kind of depends on how much risk you want to play with. You know, mm. if you're, if some, some people don't like uh, branded my, my, my co-host on the podcast would always go mount in a case like this, if you like, because he doesn't like that, that, that the risk of that. And, um, you know, I feel like with high it's like, you might get some matches where he doesn't start at all. doesn't play a minute. Um, and in that case, you just have to hope that your bench is strong enough, you know, and that someone can come on and, and replace him. So, um, you know, I think if your squad is strong enough, it's usually better to, um, to go with the rescue pick. All right. Well, we talked a ton about FPL. We got through the elevator pitch. We got through Chelsea-specific assets, tips and tricks of the trade. We talked through a couple of specific questions. And Josh, we made it to the end, so we appreciate you jumping on midweek here to talk FPL with us to get our audience excited about it. And yeah, just any last reminders where people need to go, where they need to go to find you and listen to you, you have an opportunity to shout it out now. Yeah, uh, I'll do another, I'll do a shorter elevator pitch here, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, the podcast, uh, once again, is called the Always Cheating Podcast. Um, and you can find us on, you know, all the usual channels, Spotify. Uh, we have a, if you, you know, if you really enjoyed this podcast and you just, you just really want to go all in on on fantasy this season, we have a really active Slack community on our Patreon. Uh, people are just going back and forth and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, that's just patreon.com slash always cheating. So that's all I'll do. Those are the plugs. Uh, thank you for giving me that, that space to do it. <laughs> well, that is great. And we are excited. I am excited to beat Nick and Brandon once again this year in Fantasy FPL just to keep the momentum going. But who knows? Maybe that will change. I've already made adjustments to my team. So I think <laughs> wow. we did it, did it on the show. How about that? Awesome. He's 10,000% more active this season than he was the entirety of last <laughs> season. Way to go. All right, Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap us up for this time. But until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.